0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Cody Talks to Strangers, where I do that thing, talk to strangers. Today we have the very funny Tommy Oler, so let's go ahead and get started, shall we?
1: Hey. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. I can hear you.
0: Good deal. All right. Was everything okay to get it downloaded and all that?
1: Um, Yeah, I'm using my computer.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, that should be way better. The app can can be different. So, gotcha. Is the, uh,
1: is the sound quality good?
0: Yeah, it sounds really good. So that's, it's coming in uh, crystal clear. So well, great. Yeah, I think that's weird that people say that. I've never like I've never had a crystal that I looked through and I was just like, wow, that's really clear. I've never not seen a cloudy crystal, so I, I don't really understand why people say that.
1: Um, I, I do, uh, I've seen some cloudy crystals in my day back going to Dollywood whenever I was younger, they would have, a they would have like these, um, I, I don't, they're not like, I guess they would be crystals, but they aren't like those prisms that are straight up clear.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Cloudy ones.
0: Yeah. I've just, uh, that's all I've ever had was just the cloudy ones that like someone, I always got them as gifts, like when my grandparents went to like um, hot springs or crystal caverns or places like yeah. that. Like I brought you back something, and you're like,
1: oh, rock, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but I always thought it was gonna be like a gift card or something, but no, it was always just like a crystal.
1: <laughs> a crystal.
0: <laughs> and at and at like eight or nine, I had zero concept of why that was significant, <laughs> so.
1: I never got one. I always saw them in the stores. Um, no one ever bought me one though. So you're living a privileged life over there.
0: <laughs> with my with my crystal gaining and all that with my <laughs>
1: Yeah, you have real crystals.
0: <laughs> I can see it now describing this to like somebody two, three hundred years ago to be like, oh look at his crystals. Hmm, he's uh you gotta watch out for him. He'll uh go, you know, sweep you away with all of his riches.
1: <laughs> yeah, nowadays if someone has crystals, they're like, Are you gonna put that under your arms? Are you using that for deodorant? <laughs>
0: Is that a thing where like people cleanse the bad odor of their underarms with
1: crystals? Uh yeah, it's you there's like there's crystal deodorant out there. Um I know a few people that have done that. Obviously they went to PH. Um <laughs> <laughs> if we were still allowed to perform there uh but people that didn't use regular deodorant they put crystals under their arms like they didn't have crystals under their arms they just took a crystal and they wiped it under their arms for a little bit and then they were like yeah i don't stink anymore and they still stank always
0: yeah i just feel like you should probably just stick with modern science you know um my ex wife always tried to give my, my daughter elixirs and shit. She'd be like, oh, she's got strep throat. So I gave her this elixir. I'm like, take her to the doctor. <laughs> Just stop that.
1: Is this the podcast? Is- <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it is. Sometimes I like, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'm like, this is, I do a
0: little intro before I actually call you. And so yeah. everyone knows what it is. And sometimes it's just like, "Oh, we're going to go ahead and get started." This is Tommy Oler, and I'm I'm all over the place like that. So I
1: apologize. Yeah, no, I've uh, I'm, I've I've heard i I heard you do your first one with Whitney Watson, and I was like I was like, "Dang, you got Whitney? How do you know Whitney?"
0: That, okay, so that's a really strange story about how I know Whitney. Um, I'm friends with someone in Oklahoma who used to date a friend of mine and when they broke up, we still, we were just friends on Facebook and we keep in contact because she's pretty funny. And she sent me this, is my friend Whitney Watson does this, uh, this zoom comedy show out of Chicago. And I think you should apply. And so I friended Whitney on Facebook and we chat back and forth every now and again. And I've applied to be on the show. But when I first started doing the podcast, she had messaged me and she's like, hey, you should do like promos and this other stuff. And I was like, well, would you want to be the first guest? And she goes, oh, yeah, absolutely. And so that's how that happened.
1: Yeah, cool. Um, I met her years ago. I haven't spoken to her in a little in a while. But yeah, I was um, uh, I thought that was pretty cool that you had her as your first guest, Uh, because like, you know, I, I don't. I only remember meeting you over Zoom, but I know that we've seen each other in real life because you've been to PNH. And
0: yeah, I've done a couple of shows at PNH. I've done um, Eric Allgood's show at the Lamplighter. Uh, yeah, not right. not the his show show, but his uh, open He's mic. Open, yeah, yeah, his open mic. And so, like, I've seen you around, but you know, I'm just I'm relatively new. And,
1: yeah 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 right. New, and then and then the pandemic happened and then you had you had a yeah. way
0: i was like "Woo!" i'm like all right how am i gonna keep this going
1: <laughs>
0: yeah
1: how After, how long were you doing it before this whole thing a happened?
0: couple months couple three months yeah probably i started in january and everything went to shit in march so
1: yeah, um, uh, because I, I, only, I remember specifically meeting you on Richard Douglas Jones zoom mics for PNH, um, or his, like his replacement for right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I know we must've seen each other go up because if you were doing it, then I was definitely there. Um, I'm just in my own head, like looking at my own jokes.
0: So how have you been doing during the whole the whole COVID thing? Like, uh, you know, that's got to be kind of a shock for you. You know, you guys are doing you were doing stand up every week at the P i I'm sure you had both shows and everything.
1: Yeah. Um, actually, um, I'm doing better than ever. Really, I mean, I've got I, I've written a bunch. Um, I'm. Uh, editing and filming a bunch of sketches that i put out on instagram um now i actually have the you know the time to do that and i got i get like a bunch of the comics to come over and uh well like one you know i can't i can't have all of them you know but um maybe (laughs) a, a comic will come over and then we'll film like one sketch um and, you know, just and just writing stuff like since January, I've written like six scripts, um, just 30 minute things, not anything crazy, but
0: that's still a shit ton of writing though.
1: Yeah, yeah. I got a lot of time to do it. So I've just been that that time that I don't, you know, um, perform comedy. Now I just put that to other things like writing.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, I get that. Because I would normally spend this... And I probably should be spending this time doing more writing. And that's that's shame on me. Um, I just have a bunch of ideas I need to flesh out. But yeah. I spend the bulk of my time when I'm not working doing three things. Like spending time with my family, getting all the extra time I can in. Um, and focusing on this so like i've been learning how to market social media and stuff like that to kind of get this off the ground
1: yeah
0: and the other thing is just i play a lot of video games
1: what are you playing right now i i literally beat the last of us two today
0: i just wrapped up so right now i'm kind of in a weird in-between phase so when i'm in in in-between phases i just play like rainbow six siege or just something Kind of non story driven, but I just wrapped up Far Cry 5, which oh, okay. is, yeah, which is kind of really interesting because it ties in with a lot of shit that's kind of happening right now. But um, before that, I was playing a lot of the Elder Scrolls and Fallout games oh, at yeah. the time, which, you know, that's a rabbit hole into itself. If you mm-hmm.
1: I bought, I bought Morrowind Game of the Year Edition for the Xbox in 2005 or four at Blockbuster <laughs> for, <laughs> for 20 bucks. I didn't know what it was. The case was gold, and I picked it up, and it was heavy because it had a big booklet on the inside. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to get this. I like RPGs. I turned it over. I mean, and it looked epic. It looked huge. I didn't know anything about it. I bu- I bought it, brought it home, and and then I realized that it was the game my buddy uh, Abe had been playing and been telling us about. But he had been playing like the one of the expansions, and was tell- He was calling the game that name, and I was like blown away. And Morrowind opened my eyes on on just so many different like open world things. Like I played the crap out of that, and it was so hardcore. Like oh yeah, the day. Did you ever play that?
0: I played Morrowind briefly, but I didn't really get into Elder Scrolls until I played Oblivion. Yeah, and I rented it from movie gallery, <laughs> and which. That date, I think that both of those sentences date both of us. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: that's where those, don't, those aren't things anymore. But I played it, and I remember turning it on and playing, and then probably about 7 or 30 or 8.30 the next morning, I was just like, oh, my God, I've been playing for 18 hours. I need to go to bed.
1: Yeah, Morrowind, the crazy thing, like – about it was because it was so hardcore and back in the day you wouldn't even consider what they were doing hardcore but today if a game did this you'd probably turn it off but yeah it would tell you okay i need you to go pick mushrooms on the side of a river here are the directions and then you'd look in your you'd have to scroll through your journal and read the directions because there's no waypoint Yeah, you have to to walk along the river and follow the directions until the river forks and then you have to take the left and then you have to stop by the sign you see and then at the bottom there should be at the bottom of the hill there should be a tree and around that tree are the mushrooms you need to pick and then you go down there and there's like some stupid mud crab and it kills you and then you have to reload but yeah that's Morwind Morrowind was crazy like that. And if you didn't do a quest, like, it would be backlogged in your journal. And you'd have to flip for pages and pages and pages through oh, your yeah. to find the quest.
0: Well, there are a lot of people that haven't played Elder Scrolls since Oblivion came out. And because they thought Oblivion was just such a punch to the gut yeah. on how the game should have been played, yeah. and you know, he, he, the only thing Oblivion really added was that you could get to your quest a lot quicker and yeah. it added, it added waypoints. That was that was it.
1: Yeah, it, it basically it just added waypoints and fast travel. And you like you, the fact that you could make quests active on Oblivion. I remember seeing that on the internet. I remember reading people being like being upset,
0: Murious.
1: that they that they turned it into a kids' game, quote unquote.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're just like this game is
1: shit. I know. I, I remember that you couldn't fast travel in Morrowind. You had to you had to take a silt strider or take a boat. And I remember having a spell like where you could mark a spot on, um, on the map. And then if you use the spell, it would take you back to that spot. And I remember the fastest way for me to get anywhere was to mark the spot in front of the mages guild in some like I feel, I feel like it was called like Wolf Castle. I can't remember exactly the name of it, but yeah. I remember marking the spot in front of the Mage's Guild because the Mages would also transport you, and I would I would uh, trap fast travel there through that spell, and then use the Mage to either take me to the another Mage's Guild in another city, or um, take me to, or I'd walk out the building out the castle and go down to the ship that was down there and ride a ship somewhere. But either way, even fast traveling like that, you still had to hike a little bit to wherever you were going.
0: Yeah. And that's, yeah, it, it wasn't as straightforward as people wanted it to uh, as they thought it was going to be, but, you know, and I can kind of get where they're coming from because I played Skyrim and while I did play that game for most of its, for, for its entirety, I still was just like, this is such a diet RPG. Like this.
1: Yeah, it, it had a it had a lot of um, it had a lot of stuff you could do, but ultimately you just ended up playing a rogue stealth archer because that was <laughs> the way to play. That's what.
0: Yeah, that that's exactly it. Because you can start off with archery in the beginning of that game and just kick
1: ass. Yeah, through all of it. I mean, yeah. You- you could start off with whatever you could be like, I'm going to be a tank. I'm going to be a woman. I'm going to, I'm going to be a huge Khajiit and, and, and 20 hours in you're sneaking through a dungeon, stealth art, stealth arrowing people in the back as they don't see you.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the whole game. But, uh, yeah, speaking, okay, so you mentioned that you bought um, Morrowind at Blockbuster, so I have to tell you this. The other day, I was driving from Swankies off of Poplar and Colonial, yeah. and I looked towards the Clark Tower, and I saw a fucking Blockbuster billboard, <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck, and I took a picture of it, and then like I went home and stared at it, and I was just like, what is happening? and i looked at it i was like oh that's a really old billboard and it's like the the one that was over it was taken off but for probably like 5 minutes i'm like is this like some sort of surprise covid comeback like that blockbuster <laughs> is coming back like what the fuck
1: <laughs> that'd be amazing everybody comes out of quarantine out of this whole thing and blockbuster's back
0: and blockbuster's there's still one left in the united states
1: do you know where it's at?
0: In Colorado. Wow. Yeah, it's privately owned and operated and by this, this lady. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to keep it open. And they do really well for themselves.
1: So. Well, good. Good. I'm happy someone's keeping the dream alive.
0: Yeah, I miss going to video stores.
1: Yeah, that was how I would date in college. That was <laughs> my go-to thing.
0: You would go to the video store?
1: Yeah, before Netflix, what I would do was whenever I asked a girl out on a date, I would say, hey, let's go to to Blockbuster and just rent a movie. Because, you know, like, you don't have a lot of money in college. So I was like, let's go to Blockbuster. Let's rent a movie. Let's go watch it, either my place or your place, whichever one you want to do. And we would go to Blockbuster. And as we're looking, like, I had... I didn't realize this, but I had like pre-prepared bits for all the movie, all the movie covers and stuff that we would see. Like as we were walking around, I would like make fun of this movie, make fun of that movie, like with stuff I had used on previous dates. Like I I was <laughs> I was like doing basically what I do now on stage, but back then in in <laughs> in just date mode. And I would make him laugh. And then I would always be like, how about when Harry met Sally? Because that's just a good movie. And it's a good little, I mean, it's about a relationship. And, you know, it's a lot of fun. And it it like, it like gets like relationship um, talk started because he's like, he's like men and women can't be friends. And, you know, um, girls in college like, to, uh, like yeah. to find that question out, if that's true or not. And I would be like, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Um, I need Billy Crystal to tell me
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah but I watched that movie a lot I watched that movie a lot in college going out with girls
0: see and during that time and um, I used to work at actually a movie gallery and a Hollywood video and I don't. I know I probably never saw you specifically, but I know exactly what you're talking about when you say that's what you used to do for dating. Yeah. Because we would always have people come in Friday, Saturdays in the evenings, and they would always get like the little meal bill, like 20 bucks. And you got like the movie, the popcorn thing, two things of candy and two drinks. Wow. So, yeah. And they would just come in and rent their movies and go. But it was always really, really interesting to watch because a lot of the time it was such an uneven match of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you'd have like a really, really, really good looking girl with like kind of this chud looking of a guy. <laughs> and you know, we would just be like, oh, yeah, that's that's friend zoning right there. But he doesn't know it yet. Um, so we would always see stuff like that. But it was a it was an interesting experience working at a priest.
1: Yeah. So I have a question about your podcast. Yeah, go ahead. What's the uh, what's the biggest like hurdle that you're trying to overcome right now in creating this thing?
0: Uh, I would say like the biggest hurdle right now is just trying to stay consistent um, and doing it weekly. So most podcasts they don't do it on weekly. It's like a bi weekly or once a month thing. And so keeping it up and keeping uh, and keeping people scheduled because I'd I'd like to have a new person every single week. I don't wanna circle back around to people until I've gotten through the first fifty two episodes. Yes. And so uh, because it defeats the purpose of me talking to strangers, mm-hmm. which I've always done. But it's uh that's kind of been the hurdle, it's just kind of uh finding out who I can't approach and who I can't approach and you know, because there's people out there that you would on the surface you would say, Oh yeah, they would might be fun to have on and then next thing you know, they're like talking about, you know, white power and stuff, and you're like, No, that's not great. So yeah, you, it's that's kind of the biggest hurdle. is just staying consistent and kind of making sure you, you're getting the right people on because that's one of the rules. And I, I, I need to send this out. But I, uh, you know, one of the big things is you know no hate speech, no stuff like that on the podcast. I like to try to you know definitely want to keep it light, and I don't want to promote someone's agenda like that. So,
1: have you had hate speech on here?
0: No, no, not at all. Thank God i vet people before i approach them oh okay yeah so so far no hate speech thank god
1: who's your biggest get? Well, yeah, who's the who's the person you've gotten that you're like wow i got this person for you anyway for for what the,
0: the biggest part so first off i'm always surprised with anyone that i did
1: because
0: mm-hmm. i message people with the full expectation of them saying you need to fuck off and um And I know that's maybe like low confidence or whatever, Uh, but everyone so far, I'm very happy to have one. And I I think every person I have going forward is probably the biggest person that I have (laughs) on. It's, it's, you know, it's just kind of one of those things. It's just that I'm so new to everything with comedy and being in the comedy scene that I don't really know who's bigger
1: than who. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, Whenever you went to PNH the first time, what did you think of that place?
0: Um, Are you talking about the first time to do comedy or are you talking about the first time like 12 years ago? Uh,
1: Doing comedy. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool. It was a
0: pretty packed night. It was the second week of January and uh, the people next to us were really fucking weird. And it was amazing because they looked at us and they said, hey, I don't want you to be freaked out or weird because this isn't a sex thing or anything, but we're drawing you. And that's why we're staring at you. And I said, well, you made it weird by saying this is not a sex thing. (laughs) So that for me, that's what made it weird. I don't yeah. care if people stare at me, but they were. They're like, they're like, no, here's our drawings of you. And it was just like scribbles because they're like, I'm just looking and I'm drawing without looking at the paper. Or like, oh, okay. Cool, I guess. You do you. But I like the p It's my kind of place. I, I really do. I enjoy going there. Um, I like really smoky, dark bars.
1: Yeah. Those are dying out, actually.
0: They are. Uh, my wife doesn't really care for places like that. Uh, she likes the p because she went there a lot when she was younger. Because um, my wife has been going to the p for a lot longer than I have because she's a little older than I am. But she's 67. But right. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> she's 36, and she's probably going to smack me when she hears that. Um I wasn't
1: judging. <laughs> no,
0: no, no. It's, it's, so I always had a rule with dating that I liked older women, but you weren't allowed. You if you were old enough to have a conversation with my mom and go, oh yeah, I remember being disappointed about that too. I uh I wasn't gonna date that person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that would be a little weird for me.
1: I bet I bet it'd be a little weird for anyone. Um but yeah, do you remember anything specific about your like like I remember
0: comments. the first guy who was supposed to go up um, didn't show up and so they had Jawa Horn go up first. Oh, Jawa, right. And I went up right after him and was fucking destroyed before I got on stage. Wow. So I was like, wow, he's really good. He is really hilarious. Yeah. And then the guy, like, I, I think I did okay. Um, but then the guy that went on after me kind of didn't do well. And I hate to say this, but that kind of made me feel better.
1: No, <laughs> no, I, I, I 100% like that's, you don't need to hate to say that. It, I love it. Seeing people not do well. I think it's so funny um, which is why I love comedy all the way around because I love it when people don't do well and I love it when they do do well. I love just it whenever they're killing because it's it's like everything they say is just great. And whenever they're dying, oh my gosh, that's that's amazing too.
0: Well, I just, I remember the guy going like, just going really far with big dick jokes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and if that's the jokes people like to tell, that's fine with me. For me, you know, going on stage with big dick energy is just not the way to go. But mm-hmm. that's that's me. So different strokes are different folks. But yeah, it was um, it was it was kind of I, I felt relieved. I was just like, OK, I'm like that guy. He didn't do well. <laughs> I'm like, I did OK,
1: I guess. I wonder if I found my if I could find my, like, I, cause I, I have my set list. I wrote my set list down in my notebook and I wonder if, uh, what I did that night you first performed. Um, gosh, I don't know where it's at. Oh, it's in my backpack. It's in, it's all the way across the house. Uh,
0: yeah. I remember I stayed, let's see. I probably stayed for a couple of sets after that. Um, and that's just because my babysitter had to go, like I have children. And so yeah. I like, we'll get back to the house, but yeah, it was an interesting night. I, uh, I enjoyed it. I, uh, I tell everybody this, my wife keeps telling me, she's like, you need to stop talking about your first night of comedy. I was like, well, when you've only been doing it a couple of months before COVID, it's kind of all you have. Um, <laughs> but with all that, with that being said, I just, I felt, I did, I fell in love with it. I really enjoyed it. And even though I forgot my set, And Richard Douglas Jones kind of called me out on it. And then someone heckled me and then he heckled them. Um, So that was, that was interesting.
1: Yeah, that's always great. I love, um, I love screaming people's names whenever they're going up there. I love doing that just to, just to give some energy to them and get some energy in the crowd
0: yeah, I'm always hyped up before I go up. Like I'm really nervous and I'm really shaky, so I'll have a beer or two before I go on stage to kinda of even me out. But then I like I'm I'm ready. I'm I'm locked and ready to go. And I always come with more material than I need because I know that I will get up there and I'll just start talking
1: really fast. Yeah.
0: I gotta I've gotta I gotta slow it down a little
1: bit. Oh, you'll get better at that. As long as you keep it in your mind on what you need to do uh, to do this, like do this set better, you will constantly improve every time you get up there. As long as you're taking some step every time you get up there to improve, no matter what it is like, okay, I got to say this word instead of that word. You're, you're getting better at it. Even if it's a little tiny baby step.
0: Oh yeah, and I uh, I rewrite a bunch
1: of jokes too after I watch them.
0: Like I'll have someone will record it for me, and I'll go back and I'll watch it like thirty times.
1: Wow, Mm thirty times! I watch it like now. I don't nowadays. I just listen, and I'll just listen to it once, and I'll be able to hear everything I did wrong and everything that was stupid about it. See, that's a
0: that's a skill I'm still learning.
1: And I yeah. won't learn
0: until everything is back to normal.
1: Yeah, whenever you whenever you get over the uh, cringe factor of listening or seeing yourself, um, then yeah, you uh, you can. It's definitely it's definitely great at improving your uh, the the joke telling skill. I I always have a lot of fun every time I go up at PNH because. I'm I'm usually very tired because I'm an early riser so I'm always like I'm I'm I have to amp myself up a little bit before I go on stage um and get up there and bring that energy because you can't just be like for me anyway you can't I can't just be like a Todd Berry or a Stephen Wright no one's gonna get on my side with that I gotta especially with the jokes I tell I gotta like go all in 100% belief if I'm going to talk about dog common period blood.
0: I remember you telling that joke and I remember not expecting to hear it for whatever reason. And yeah, I laughed pretty hard at that. Um, It was pretty, it was pretty good, but yeah, I'm an early riser too. Most times when I go there, I've already been up since five o'clock in the morning. Same. Yeah. So, like, 9 o'clock at night, I'm just like, oh, fuck. I'm, always, every time, I'm just like, Richard, can I please go in, like, first or second or third? I'm
1: sure he's glad to oblige you.
0: <laughs> oh, he always does. Fantastic. Fantastic
1: to do it. Like, it's,
0: yeah, I've, I've never had a problem with, you know, him putting me on early. And he normally puts me on either first or second when I go up there. Yeah. So,
1: Do you know how he does it? Do you know how he does the list? I don't know how he does the list. Oh, I'll tell you. He puts the new people up in the first, like, um, eight or nine. And then he starts putting the more seasoned people right in the middle. And then at the end, he'll start putting new people in again.
0: That makes sense because, you know, most people are going to – I don't know what time the show actually wraps up. I'm assuming it's probably around midnight.
1: Um, Um no, it's, it's closer. I think it's closer to 11 now. I, when I hosted it for three years, and I sometimes it would go until, like, 1. And uh, I stopped signing people up at 11 o'clock. Like, if you, if you came in at 11, you weren't, you weren't going up. And people got so mad at me. People would get so angry showing up at 11 o'clock and, be, and being mad. Um, Richard's got it. He he does it different. He signs on Facebook. Or Facebook, yeah.
0: Yeah, I have an alarm set on my phone every Wednesday at two o'clock because yeah. if you don't, if you don't catch it in the first two three minutes, why like, you're not you might as well just not look at it at all.
1: <laughs> yeah. Same. I actually. I actually turned the alarm off because of Corona because it kept, I'm, you know, I'm at work and then this alarm at two o'clock every Wednesday keeps going off and I'm like, oh yeah, no, turn off, turn off. And then, you know, it's, it's getting into um, late May and I'm realizing, you know, I need to turn this off because I don't know when we're going to go back at all. So now, I, I mean, I learned months later that I needed to turn that alarm off. Is yours still going?
0: Mine's still going for this simple reason. I'm afraid I won't remember to turn it back on. Yeah. So that's, that's my fear that I won't turn it back
1: on. Oh yeah. Um, I, I don't have that fear because the first time I tried to go back and I have to get, you know, wait listed or overflow spot, I'm going to be like, all right. Yeah. I got a, I got an alarm just for this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, like, I remember the first time I signed up, I was like, oh, that's not going to be that bad. And I was like a minute past two o'clock, and there were already 10 people with the comments spot.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I was like, damn.
1: All right. Yeah. P&H is the popular one, man.
0: Yeah, it is. Cause I know, uh, I know Judy did one at Canvas, and Eric has one at Lamplighter. And the one, there's one at, is there still one at Chuckles?
1: Um, I don't know. I don't honestly. Once everything comes back, I don't know anything other than pH will still exist. I really don't. Yeah.
0: Huh. Yeah, that's that's going to be a good question to see what's going on. But I can't wait. I I cannot wait. I kind of told myself that I wasn't going to do anything until probably a month after everything opens back up. But I've you know. Talking with Richard on Zoom every week for the last seven eight weeks, uh, I'll probably do it the day he opens it back up because I know he I know what he's got planned to do once it comes back, and I feel comfortable and safe with that. So
1: yeah, the Rick, uh, big germaphobe. So if if he starts it, then I I will feel fine. I will feel fine and safe going.
0: Yeah,
1: just knowing over the years, he has he literally has jokes about being a germaphobe, I've been in his car, I've seen his wipes, I've seen his Purell, I've seen all that stuff. So like him talking, I mean, him uh, him talking about, I already do all this stuff, you know, it, like whenever the COVID stuff was happening and there was just this basic guidelines on how to keep yourself safe, which was like, wash your hands, use Purell, wear a face mask, like, yeah. He's been doing it, and you know how he's got that second mic too like he yeah had, yeah he's he got it. his second mic because we're up there talking and and just every like people are getting drunk and like burping into it. he doesn't want to deal with any of that.
0: Oh yeah, I remember the the first night I went I one of the people that went on after me like they had the mic and they were just it was like rubbing it all over their lips and I was just like, oh God, I'm so glad I went already. Cause that's, that's nasty.
1: Yeah. A lot of people don't know. um, A lot of people don't know how to do it. They don't know how to use the, use the microphone. Um, And that's one of the things, whenever I hosted it, that's one of the things I really wanted to learn. I wanted whenever I first started comedy, whenever I first started hosting shows is I wanted, whenever I picked up a mic or a mic stand, I wanted it to look like I knew what I was doing like immediately Like so, I learned how I learned all the the knobs, how the knobs worked. I mean, they look simple until you start using one and you start fiddling with one, especially one of those like music mic stands that that uh, have the extra uh, pole in it that bend up and down. You know? Yeah. So, uh, and whenever you go somewhere, you never know what they're going to have. You don't know that they're going to have one of the mic stands that just go up uh, like straight up and down, or if they're going to like have some horizontal motion to them too. So I made sure I knew how to use them because whenever I picked it up, I wanted people to look at me and go like, like just. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Inherently know that I knew what I was doing. Um,
0: Well, that's, that's something that you have to do though. You have to be able to bring that confidence when you get up there because. Yeah. And
1: knowing, and knowing how to handle that, is you know that it kind of gives it to you whenever your joke doesn't work you're like it will at least um i know that whenever i pull this mic out of the mic stand it's not going to hit me in the face
0: yeah i remember i went on stage one night and i grabbed the mic too low and unplugged it
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what i think i might have been there for that
0: yeah i was just like wait oh, hello what i was like oh you came unplugged. Like, my bad yeah. let's talk about faith healers <laughs> um, well, I I rolled with it. I was just like, "All right, <laughs> this just happened. Great." <laughs> but you know, I've always uh, I've had this saying in my head, and I've always said it for years: if you're gonna fuck up, do it. Just get it out of the way early. But
1: yeah, and, and and roll on with it. Luckily, that's that's the uh, that's the great thing about any hobby is that whenever you start doing it, you're gonna make all your mistakes at first, and whenever you finally get good when people start appreciating what you do, they won't remember you whenever you did bad.
0: I always, I hope someone remembers that years up the line when I'm doing stand up, and someone just says, I was there the night he grabbed a microphone and unplugged it by accident.
1: And it'll, it'll only be other comics that remind you. Yeah. And
0: that's a tough crowd to work, to be honest with you. The last time I did stand up was, uh, it was just comics there, and it was a night that Joa had hosted. Yeah, and that was a uh, I I I still got laugh at laughs out of you guys, but I I felt extra intimidated.
1: Yeah, we're uh, the the comics aren't uh, aren't they aren't like a they're not a very laugh uh, they're not going to laugh a lot at at the other comics jokes unless they're like brand new and. They're really awesome. They more or less listen and go, hey, that's funny, in their head.
0: Yeah, and I um, I could see that. That made sense to me, and that's how it was. And that's what I just told myself when I got off the stage. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because that was the night I decided, I was like, I'm just going to talk about a bunch of random shit. I'm like, there's not a lot of people here. I'm like, so I'm just going to just fire off ideas. And I think I talked about uh, how I believe warehouses are people who turn into houses on full moons. Huh. Yeah. I was, and um, and a lady, and this argument that I have with this lady about bananas, that she believed that bananas were the most hydrating fruit you could eat, and I didn't think she was correct about that. <laughs> so, that 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 is an actual argument that I have with a supervisor, which really upset me, because it was a supervisor, and I was not a supervisor. And uh,
1: what about, did you, did you say watermelon? Like just, because I, well, the name?
0: that's what I said. And yeah. I, I told her, I said, look, I said, I think, I said, I think you're wrong. She's like, well, how do you know? I was like, well, I'm pretty sure it's watermelon. She's like, well, I don't think that's true. I'm like, I think it's true because there's water in the name. I said, I don't think they found bananas. It's like, fuck is watermelon already taken? Like,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, they, they, yeah. I'm like, that's, that's not how that happens. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was an interesting, interesting dynamic. But it was a it was an interesting night to do a comedy that night because uh, <laughs> I uh, I didn't mean to, and it kind of came off kind of shitty. And I was like, "Wow, there's no one here." And then I went like I came off stage, and Rob Love went up there, and it's just like, "Yeah, Cody just came up here and shat on everybody."
1: Yeah, there's a there's a thing. Um... You may not know this, but whenever you do it for a little while longer, like whenever you it's for like a newer comic, um, it's always a little cringy whenever they mention how few people um, are there. Because a more seasoned comic won't do that unless there's like some, you know, some extenuating circumstance like everybody just left. And then they've got to reset. Um, But whenever you go up there, you just like work with what you have and try to make, you know, the two people that are paying attention laugh, calling attention to how little um, there are, like how little audience members there are, uh, is very much. And you'll see this something someone newer does.
0: Well, I'm I'm glad I tipped everybody off
1: then. Um. <laughs> hey, do, you don't you don't have to worry about that because everybody's done that. Everyone that's done comedy and had uh, had no one in the room um, has done that. I mean, and there there are there are moments for like saying what's happening in the room, um, but for some reason that is always a tip off. Like if you don't know someone and you're seeing them go up on stage and maybe there's like seven people in the room total and one of the first things they say is how little people there are here, it does put more pressure on each audience member to laugh. When really really you don't like, and, and audience members, many of them are like, what you're doing up there is insanely scary to them. And many of them don't want to be noticed at all. And so whenever you go up there and say, look, there's only seven of us here. Doesn't that suck? Then that means they're like, okay, now he's putting pressure on me um, to enjoy this. And many times that doesn't work out because they are an unseasoned comic and they're they're not going to get the laughs, the big laughs. So... You can see that when normally someone more experienced will just, okay, see there's seven people and they might riff on something that's happening in the room that doesn't have to do with the number of people there are in here. It's just like, I'm going to make what I'm going to make us uh, 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 like us seven plus me, eight people have a good time. We're going to have a good time. And it won't matter that I'm gonna it won't matter that there's only eight of us I'm gonna try to make this eight sound like a freaking jet engine like there's 300
0: yeah I I can see to where that it could have that effect for sure and that that makes a lot more sense now that you've framed it out like that um, but I also don't have that problem because I still have to explain to people that I have actually done stand up with them and <laughs> um, <laughs> so they like, who are you? I'm like, yeah, we've, we've met. Yes. You have this one joke. I thought it was
1: great, you know.
0: <laughs> nice to meet you again. Um, yeah, you,
1: yeah, you're gonna, I'm sure that after this is over, me and you're gonna have to re-meet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're like, Yeah, I'll be able to, like, you know what, we talked for like an hour on my podcast. Your name is in one of the titles. I'm
1: like, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Ooh, that. yeah. Cool. That's right.
0: Yeah, the Codester.
1: The Codester. I feel like I might have actually called you that whenever I, whenever <laughs> you're going on stage.
0: Uh, I I try not to let people know childhood nicknames because none of them are good. So.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Um, no, I get that. I got Tomster.
0: Oh, the Tomsters. I got Cody Odie
1: and I hated it.
0: Cody Odie? Cody Odie. Like Odie from. Um, what is it? Garfield.
1: Yeah. Garfield. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I see, and that was all from my family up North. And so being from the South, I would go up there and they would say, okay, say, say life is like a box of chocolates. And I'm like, fuck you.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, just fuck you.
1: That's insane. They, 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 they must think you're just like dumb.
0: Yeah, well, I noticed that. So I went to um, I went to California uh, several years ago and I was there for a couple of weeks and people would approach me and they would hear me talking. They're like, you talk really strange. Like, where are you from? I'm like, well, I'm from Tennessee. They're like, oh, how do you like our big city? And I'm just like, shut the fuck up. Just <laughs> like, thank you. Yes, I'm aware that I'm in L.A. Thank you. Like, goddamn. It was, it was such a weird experience, and it happened on several occasions while I was there.
1: Yeah, I've got family in New York, and I've gone up there, and I've been asked how much country music I listen to. <laughs> uh, did,
0: did, I'm curious. What did you? What was the answer?
1: <laughs> um, it varies because either I would lie or I would tell the truth. Um, I mean. I, some, some of my relatives were like, oh man, I bet you listen to a lot of country. And then it's more like, well, I hear a lot of country. I do hear it. Um, (laughs) I don't know if I, am
0: forced to listen to it. it.
1: Uh, You know, you kind of go into a Texas roadhouse and you just kind of, it's just kind of on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. It's, that's kind of just places down here. And I remember I worked at Walmart when I was a teenager during the time of Kid Rock's Born Free had just come out. Wow. And they played it on loop in electronics, and that was the department I worked in. So, yeah. for eight Wait, hours a how day. Old, how old are you? I'm 30.
1: Oh, I'm older than you.
0: I'm glad. Um, that's good. How, and you're what, 30. I'm 31.
1: I'm, gonna be 30, I, <laughs> I'm 31. I'm going to be 32 next week.
0: Oh, well, happy early birthday. Hey, um, I, I don't know what you do on your birthday. I generally do nothing because it's just another day. I'm <laughs> yeah, not going to do much. That's awesome, though. I, I look forward to getting old. I can't, I can't wait. And everyone's just like, oh, I, I don't ever want to get old. I'm like, dude, I want to get old and angry. And people just be like, that's just, he's set in his ways. That's what I look forward to. Like I want to yell at people from my porch.
1: Gosh, I don't know what I want to do. I just want to, I just want to um, make more money.
0: That's (laughs) definitely the goal. Yeah. I want to, I want to work and not care that I am working. So that way, like someone could be like, well, I'm going to fire you for this. Like, yeah, I made more money than you. Bye bye. I'm out of here. I'll go work at Walmart now. Buy it. Yes, like that's, yeah. yes that's that's where I want to be in life. So I wanna I wanna I wanna fuck you, money.
1: Oh yes, I know. Gosh, fantasize about winning the lottery way too much.
0: Oh yeah. It's always like some dumbass people from like some tiny town that win the lottery.
1: <laughs> yeah. I They're- know. I know I fantasized about it so much that I don't even think about like the ridiculous expenses anymore. It's like, I'm going to stick it in a savings account. I'm going to hopefully find an online one that's got 2% interest. And then I'm going to stick it in an investment. Like, you know, I'm just, I got all these like ideas on what I do with this enormous amount of money. That's, that's trying to be fiscally responsible at some point.
0: I one time played the lottery and was so sure that I was going to win it. I just went ahead and looked up like the recommended procedure for claiming the lottery.
1: Oh, my gosh. I love that. I guess what? I didn't win. Um, I'm sure if you did, this wouldn't be happening right now. You wouldn't be talking to me. Uh, Oh, fuck. Yeah, it would be happening.
0: It'd be happening five
1: fucking days a week. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. You gotta keep you gotta you gotta keep yourself busy. Like yeah, I would only focus on podcasts and comedy.
1: Well, I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't have talked to me. I feel like you would probably have gotten to me, I don't know, um, two years from now, maybe. Because if you've got that money, you're probably getting real people hiring people. You've probably, this marketing you're trying to learn. No, you're not learning that. You're gonna hire someone.
0: I'm going to hire someone who knows
1: it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who knows marketing. Who will just be like, all right, uh, I'm going to take this podcast and I'm going to get you 50,000 downloads on your first episode.
0: Like, all right, go do it. Here's 100 grand.
1: There's a- that. Have you thought about reaching out to brands on Instagram and seeing if uh, you can run ads for them?
0: I've thought about it and then I looked at it and I'm like, I'm only averaging like 20 listens an episode right now so they're probably not going to go for that yeah but um, get
1: this so get this uh, my girlfriend hosts a podcast called night classy and before they were even did their first episode they reached out to people to sponsor them they just gave them the basic pitch for what their podcast was it's like it's two girls who drink wine and talk about um, events and teach people this thing and that thing and they got sponsors on their first one before that's they, that's yeah, before crazy they recorded it before they even recorded it so your idea of being like oh they probably won't don't even worry about that just reach out now just pitch them on what your thing is and ask the worst they can do is say no
0: that's true mm-hmm. and seven years of insurance sales should have taught me that
1: Mm
0: -hmm. so by the way if you you ever want to be called names or the if you ever want to know what people really think of you go sell insurance
1: (laughs) no sir i think i will stay i take your word for that
0: oh man i like i've never been called so many names in my life Hmm. Than when I would call people and like people would call me back, like, I'm sorry, you caught me at a bad time. I'm like, no, I get it. I fucking suck. But, um, while I have you, (laughs) would you like to buy some insurance? Would you like to buy some insurance? Like, no motherfucker. And hang back up. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I've actually been really intimidated to, to reach out, to get people to sponsor it. And, Honestly, it would be one of those things where it would probably help me get a little further with it and everything as well. So um, one of the things I'm looking to do, though, with this podcast, like it's it's, center, it's centered around local artists and smaller artists and everything. Because as, as as I grow it, I want to help people who are in my current, who are in my, you know, same position and to get their name out there. So that's kind of the thing. And I told myself, I'm like, oh, if this ever gets like large, 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 like I'm, I'm not going to have John Mulaney. And then I told myself, well, maybe as a guest host, because <laughs> at the end of the day, it's, it's John Mulaney. Yeah. But yeah, I just I want to help people get started or help people get their name out there more like you. Obviously, you've been doing it for I don't know how long you've been doing comedy but I know it's been years. Um I know that much. Mm-hmm. But you know it's just it's one of those things it's just I like to get to know people. I like to get I like to talk to strangers which led to some sketchy stuff happening when I was a child. Um <laughs> I bet I, I did get in the car of a stranger once and <laughs> then like, my dad like yanked me out. And
1: <laughs> because I've I've always been so <laughs>
0: Always been so trusting with
1: strangers. Good lord, I feel like you're dead, and I'm just talking to a ghost, like almost like frequency style.
0: <laughs> no, no, trust me. Yeah, that's 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 not the case. I'm. Um, wait a minute. What year is it? Where you're at? Twenty twenty. Where are you? Nineteen ninety two with a smart. Oh. There's some crazy shit.
1: Mm. Uh, Is that, uh, that's, that's the LA riots, right? You're, you just, Rodney King, all those police officers just got off, huh?
0: Yeah. I, you know, I had to explain to that. I had to explain that to someone the other day. They're like, who's Rodney King? I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? And yeah, I had to explain that to a person.
1: Yeah. I think the sooner you're you're less surprised by people not knowing things, the happier you'll be
0: i'm always like i'm always always so surprised by stuff like that and i don't know why i really don't because i should come to expect people to not know because i had to explain um the jonestown massacre to someone yeah and because they were talking about kanye starting a religion and i was like oh that sounds a little jonestownsy to me and uh, they're like, well, what's that? I was like, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid. They're like, oh, I've heard that phrase. I'm like, do you know where it's from? They're like, no. I'm like, yeah, this guy named Jim Jones. They're like, well, who's that? I was like, God damn it.
1: Well, here's here's another way to look at it. Instead of, instead of going like, ah, oh, man, I got to explain this, um, which makes them feel dumb, you can now you can be like, oh, get this, and now you look smart.
0: That's such a smart way to look at it. Yeah. But yeah. You just gotta, yeah, you
1: gotta train your brain into being excited about explaining something that someone doesn't know.
0: You are so much more positive than I am.
1: And I thought I was a pretty positive person, but
0: you are you've got it figured out.
1: <laughs> I don't I don't think so. Uh, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, just well, you're just like, yeah, you get to you
0: look at it it's like you get to teach them something and they get to feel smart and then you get to look super smart and i'm sitting here the whole time like oh this dumb motherfucker yeah i gotta explain this thing to.
1: yeah um the la whenever you think about people who are smart have they ever started off a sentence that to explain something to someone like oh god okay here's what it is or That's the- true. You're, you're right. You're yeah. You're you're right. I've never had a teacher or
0: anyone go, God, you don't know what the Gettysburg Address, as you fucking moron.
1: Yeah, no. The the people that are hailed as smart are always the ones who are excited to tell you something. It's like you know Neil deGrasse Tyson, Michio Kaku, those guys, Bill Nye the Science Guy, those those famous scientists who we all think are like the smartest people in the world um they're very excited to tell you the things that they think about and whenever you get excited about telling someone something that's that's contagious people really people really like that and it's the same way you can use that same attitude to tell your jokes so whenever you have this feeling of exasperation that you want to tell in um in this story that you have if you change that to excitement since it's contagious the audience will be with you and follow you down that thread
0: huh yeah i've never looked at it that way i feel like i've learned so much from like the last so like the last couple of episodes i've done i've gotten to learn so much about stand-up that i don't know or haven't had the opportunity to learn yet so i appreciate you sharing that with me because i'm definitely going to pack that away for sure. I do get excited about talking about faith healers and yeah. the book of David. Yeah. So there's some shit in there. There's some shit in the Bible.
1: And there definitely is.
0: Definitely
1: like, definitely is.
0: Like I wrote a like I wrote a joke on this uh story in the Bible where King David before he was king like had to go collect hundred foreskins as a dowry mm-hmm. to marry someone's wife. I mean marry someone's daughter like that's really fucking weird but okay um, But and I get really excited about telling people about that yeah. but yeah that makes sense to, to get excited about the stories you're about to tell and I can see to where that is definitely contagious so and now I do have to ask how long have you been doing comedy exactly?
1: Um, I started in 2013 like I I started in 2013 um doing it regularly the first time I've performed was in 2008 but I would say 2013 was my the year I was like okay I'm going to do it every like as much as I can constantly and not just whenever I get time I'm going to make time for comedy it took me from 2008 to 2013 to come to that if I want to get better I've got to Set aside time and go to every single mic, every single show, and get to know people. No one's gonna notice me. So, 2013. I got you. Yeah. And uh,
0: let's see. And so, 2013, you decided to start doing that. And and it, yeah, because yeah, I think you. I've seen you at every mic that I've been at. Hmm. And so, and I think you probably do just about every one of them. So. But no yeah, that's, just, that's pretty good, though, that you did that. You recognize that that's what you had to do. And, you know, you're you're right. You do have to make the time, especially as you get older and you start taking on more personal responsibility and stuff like that. Yeah. So, but yeah, I've, I, uh, I noticed that, that I, you know, I had to, I had to clear the time. To do it for sure. And that's something I want to stay consistent with as well. But yeah. when do you think that we're going to be all going back and telling jokes and drinking beer at the PH? When, when do you, in your head, when do you
1: see that happen? You know, I, I honestly have no clue. Um, I thought we would be back by now. So now that the fact that we're not there, I don't know. Like I grew a mustache during the first months of this. I've not with seen this. it. <laughs> <laughs> with the expressed idea of, of uh, going to P&H and then performing with the mustache, having a couple of jokes, having some fun, and then coming home and shaving it off. And I thought it would be gone by now. I literally thought by the 4th of July I would not have this mustache. And here I am july 12th and it's thicker than it's ever been i did not know i had this inside of me like i did not know that i would have a mustache like this
0: i wish i could somehow have like a picture i like i've seen your mustache Mm -hmm. and it's one it shocks me that anyone can grow a mustache like that um like I would have, like I can, like if I grew just a must, like I one time shaved everything off but my mustache, mm-hmm. and someone was just like, "You need to shave the rest of that because you look like a pedophile." Um, <laughs> and so like that's how light my mustache comes in, but yours is pretty heavy, and I don't think you should ever hear of it, bit, but that's my opinion. Um, I
1: there's so many there's so many people that have said the same thing, and I'm so surprised. I mean. Of course, I've never done it before, and I always thought that it wouldn't like look like this. I had an idea in my head of what it would look like, but this has surpassed it. like it went it went from what I thought like,, um, I don't know, just your basic, you know, guy living on a desert island, mustache looking to some like sort of Tom Selleck sort of thing. Like it's like a straight up caterpillar on my face. And I'm just so surprised nearly every time I look in the mirror, because I mean, I live with this face. And I'm just like, what in the world? I, I, I don't see it. Um, although it's very frustrating whenever I eat. Sometimes I'm always I'm always having to clean it.
0: Yeah, I ha- I have that problem because mine like grows down over my top lip, mm-hmm. and my wife will 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 be having a conversation, and I'm like, "Are you listening?" And she'll say, "I'm sorry, I've just been staring at the hair just like like wisping around your lip." Oh yeah, <laughs> for like a while. But could you imagine having face blindness and looking yeah. in the mirror every day with that,
1: <laughs> not knowing who that is? Like, who um, the fuck are you? Yeah. I mean, I was very lucky in that, you know, we were stuck home whenever I decided to do it and no one saw me for a while, like in the beginning, awkward stages of it, you know? So I never had that moment where anyone could really make fun of me. You know, anytime I joined that uh, Richard's Zoom thing, um, someone invariably does mention it and yeah i do get a little bit i do get razzed a little bit but not as much as i thought i would be
0: i don't think you really get razzed at all like because i know like i've done a couple of them with you and it's what we talk about for like a solid 20 minutes (laughs) yeah i know it's not (laughs) razzling it's just we're all staring at it and we're just like god Damn, that thing looks amazing, and I told it, myself I wasn't going to mention your mustache or try to mention your mustache today, but it's happening, and yeah. it's a, uh, it's it's pretty fucking epic.
1: But I mean, honestly, we're all surprised that I had this inside me because I didn't do I didn't do anything like I've never grown facial hair out. I the the hipster when that was like whenever. You know the hipster style was coming around um, that annoyed me a lot. Um, it, it I don't know what about it did, but there was just something about it that seemed false to me. Like it didn't seem like people were growing people were growing facial hair because they wanted to. They did it because they thought someone else might like it. You know, and that that bothered me about that. And so I expressed expressly stayed away from growing facial hair during that time and whenever this happened I was like oh I'm just gonna do it now because no one will see me and I'd like to see what I look like yeah well and it's how So, do you like it do you like having it um I do and I don't um there's some there are some days that I like it a lot more um and then some days, you know, it's just like, it's just like any hair, you know, like any, yeah. any hair on your head, you know, it's it's like that. Um, I do feel like it's not fully me yet, but at the same time, like sometimes I will dress specifically because I know I have this on my face. Like if I'm gonna meet someone, I won't wear glasses Especially now that my hair shorter, because I don't want to, I don't want to give off like a Groucho Marx look. Um, so I'll make sure I go contacts, so that way I just look. It, it just looks better that way, in my opinion. So, yes and no. It's it's a complicated answer. <laughs> so sounds like you have a, a
0: little bit of a hot and cold relationship with your top lip.
1: So yeah, yeah, I. I do, I do, I do appreciate um, the love that it gets, though, and it makes me second guess all the negative thoughts I have. So that that makes it even that makes it even more difficult because people have texted me out of the blue who were I'm not even talking to. They'll just see a picture of me and message me saying like I've got to keep it forever. So I'm I'm really surprised, you know, I'm really surprised.
0: So my opinion is. This and take it for what it's worth. I think that you should pick a month out of the year that you have it, mm. and then just like that, just be it like the month. Like, hey guys, it's Tommy's Mustache Month. You know, come on out, and take a look at it. Um, and then after so that, the- just kind of get rid of it and make it make it an annualized thing, so that way people appreciate it when it's out. Yeah. And okay I mean, I say that in all seriousness like I'm not making a joke or a jab like I really mean it like you know because there's there's a certain time of year where like I shave my head completely bald
1: mm.
0: because everyone but my wife loves it yeah. because I have a very symmetrical head
1: oh that's nice
0: yeah no lumps no bumps it's very strange because I was definitely dropped a lot as a child but It was one it's one of those things I do it once a year and my head like I don't hate it, but I don't like it at the same time. And my head's cold, but it's fun.
1: You know, what? I like that idea. The only thing is it takes about I discovered it took about three months for this thing to fully come out the way it did. Um, Everyone, I think, online thought it was a lot fuller, but that's because the pictures of myself on there like online pictures make it look a lot darker than it actually is and a lot more fuller um so yeah it'd be like it'd have to be the uh it'd be after it'd have to be like the summer of the stash stash summer you know that's this or stash season because it it, it takes about three months for it to fully get here
0: and you could have little events during that time and then like the culmination week (laughs) where you just (laughs) Or you can just go nuts.
1: Uh, yeah. so That's a good idea. I hadn't thought of that. I appreciate that idea. I think I'm going to take that. Yeah, yeah. Take that. Run with it. Have
0: fun with it. You know, do what you can. But oh. it's just... It's one of those things. But, see, I can't... I can't do the bald thing too much because men in my family are generally bald by now. And mm-hmm. I still have a head full of hair. So I really need to not take that for granted. So... I don't know if you ever watch Seinfeld, but there's an episode where Elaine dates a guy and he's bald, and she sees a picture of him with hair, and she's like, "You should grow your hair out. Do you have amazing hair?" And he's like, "Oh like, yeah," and he'd been bald for so long, and then he grew it back again and it was patchy
1: and shit. Yeah, I remember. That. That's a great. That's a great episode.
0: Yeah, I uh, I watch too many episodes of The Office and Seinfeld, so it's, mm-hmm. that's my life in COVID. So uh, one more thing before we wrap up because we are we are getting a little long here. Um, okay. What what has been your your COVID TV show? Or actually, I don't even know if you watch TV, but I do. okay. So what what has been your your COVID show that you've, you've watched during this time?
1: Okay, so me and my girlfriend have watched a number of shows. We watched all of community because whenever it came out on Netflix, I was like, you have to watch this. So amazing. Yeah. Um and then immediately after that we watched Veep, uh, because I told her we need to watch Veep. And now we're watching um Breaking Bad, because I haven't seen Breaking Bad. So uh we're watching that together.
0: Breaking Bad is a show that I forced myself to watch. And I just, like, I mean, I watched all the seasons but the last one, and through every episode, I was just not into it. (laughs) And I
1: don't
0: don't know why I kept watching it, because I'm just like, oh, God, Jesse's going to totally wake up to this girl overdose. Okay. I just could not have cared less about that show, and I just watched it anyway. Um, We've been watching and i'm i'm really embarrassed to admit this but because i really don't like garbage tv but i like this garbage tv i've been watching a lot of 90 day fiance oh okay and with my with my wife and if you ever just want to see a train wreck of bad decisions that is a show to watch it is just it is crazy there's this one couple and, like, this guy, he very clearly used this woman to get a green card. He admitted it. But somehow, her obsessiveness with him makes you feel sorry for him. And it's uh, it's a little crazy to watch. But... And then, obviously, I think everyone's watched The Tiger King by now. So...
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that was just a train wreck. But I generally don't like trash TV like that. So... Um, and so you and your girlfriend, you guys are, if I remember this from the last time we were all on zoom, you guys are, you've been together just a short amount of time, right?
1: Yeah. We, we first went out in January and, um, and yeah, just, just kind of got along big time after that. That's good. Yeah.
0: That's yeah, that's, that's good. So, you know, that's kind of. How it happened with my wife and I, we met this past January. No, I'm fine. We met, like, <laughs> <laughs> we met March seven years ago. But that'd that be weird if we met in January and we're married and bought a house by now. That's, that's a little fast. <laughs> but it happens. It happens. Ask my uncle. He's been married six times.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: The legal limit in Tennessee is seven.
1: Really? Oh,
0: Yes, I I called him after this most recent marriage, and I was like, "Hey, I'm like, you know, you don't have to marry them to have sex, right? Like, you can just do that."
1: Oh my gosh!
0: And he's just like, "Yeah, I know that." I was just like, "Then stop getting married." <laughs> so, I'm like, just he made, Look, he married two women named Kathy. Like <laughs> he somehow, circled around back to that. I have never dated the girls with the same name in my life because I have a rule that if they have that name, it's going to end similarly to how it did before. But I'll say this. She did not like being called Kathy too. Wow. Yeah. So, well, look, we're running long. I appreciate you coming on and doing this and all the great advice and the ideas. I've enjoyed the conversation. Um, Like I said, probably, in a little over a year, I'm probably gonna revisit a couple of people, so I'd love to revisit with you at that time. Uh, I'm sure yeah, we'll man. talk between now and then, and I'll yeah. have to reintroduce myself. But yeah,
1: um, cool.
0: <laughs> it's been great having you on. Something I try to ask everybody before I let them go, uh, and just answer how you how you see fit. Is there anything that is important to you that you want to promote? Is there uh, a charity? Are there any events that you're going to be a part of or anything in the future that you want to put out there for people to know about?
1: Ooh, um, I don't know if this is super cool, but I, I just recently won an award for one of the scripts I wrote. It got, um, it got gold at this Let's Make It screenplay contest. Um, it was the it was the number one gold NIM award winner for uh, the sitcom category.
0: That is really really cool. So tell me tell me a little bit more about that because I'm I meant to tell you congratulate. I saw that you posted about it the other day. I meant to tell you congratulations on it and I forgot. So I apologize. But tell me a little bit more about that. So did you write a script for a sitcom? Or I'm assuming no.
1: Um, So I wrote, I wrote my own like original script back in January called Animals Can Talk. And then I just submitted it around to different, you know, contests and festivals and you really only need one to like it. So, and this is the one that liked it. And uh, not only did they like it, but I won the gold for it. So they really liked it. And this particular contest, if you, there's nine categories and I won gold in in, in my category and nice. the rest of the finalists um are going to get reread and the one they like the most they're going to make so i'm in the running to have this script made and i'll find out on the 17th of july um i doubt mine will get made i'm just I'm just guessing because it's a script about animals can talk and I don't know. It, it feels like really, it, it feels like it'd be really expensive to make and I don't know how big this contest is. So. Well, like what,
0: why do you think it would be expensive to make?
1: Um, well, I wrote it, you know, kind of, it kind of creates an entire world um, because it's set it's set in a time in which animals have always been able to talk with humans. Like since humans discovered language, animals have discovered language. And so it's looking at a world in which, um, it's looking at a world that has evolved from that starting point. So it looks completely different. Um, dogs have jobs. The reality shows are filled with cats and not people because cats are super dramatic. Um, no one eats meat because if you can talk to your cow, you're not going to kill it and eat it. Um, it's, it's that sort of thing. That's, Um,
0: that's really cool that you came up with that. So, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off.
1: No, 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 no. That was a good, that was a good cutoff point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I don't think that it was, but, um, that's amazing, though. I'm, I'm really happy you won to go. I hope they select it to get made into a TV show because I think that would be really cool, and uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. You know, what is it? God damn it. Uh, it's always sunny has uh, got its start that way. Oh, yeah? That's what I read, I, and I could be wrong, so if, anyone, if I'm wrong, someone please correct me so I can banish you for life, but um... Yeah, that's. I think I had read that. That's how uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia got it started. I think FX ran a contest during that time, and all these people, like, they had to make a pilot,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they submitted their pilot and won. Dang. So, you know, it's possible, and it could get picked up, and I don't think that's an expensive show to make at all. It kind of, The concept kind of reminds me of Ugly Americans. I don't know if you ever saw that. I have not. Yeah, Ugly Americans is was this animated series that ran on Comedy Central for about two years, where basically uh, the human plane existed with the supernatural plane and like in tandem.
1: Oh yeah, I remember this.
0: Yeah, and so like you know they had the uh, the Department of uh, of like supernatural integration and all that if you ever have a chance to sit down and watch it in its entirety i I think it's it's well worth it it's a little fucked up but it's a good show
1: yeah all right well i'll make sure i check out that and thanks for letting me talk about that
0: oh yeah man no problem happy to happy to you know let you talk about that and you know anytime you want to bring it up again let me know we'll talk about it (laughs) but other than that everybody this has been tommy oler thank you guys for listening and I'll say it again in the, in the segment after this, but yeah, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. And I hope to talk to you again in the near future.
1: Okay. Thanks Cody.
0: All right, man. Take it easy. Bye. Bye. Hey guys. Thank you again for listening to another episode of Cody talks to strangers, where I do that thing. Talk to strangers had a good time talking to Mr. Tommy Oler and uh, look forward to talking to him again in the future and performing on stage with him at some point. I hope that uh, if you see him on the streets that you will give him a big congratulations on his award winning script, Animals Can Talk, for which he has won gold. Other than that, join us next week as we have Mr. Jared Sturgill on and he's very funny and a very nice guy so I look forward to talking to him. Other than that, guys, uh, I want you to be safe out there, come home to your families and uh, give them hell. Bye. Okay.